0: You know, it is really just so fun. You can't beat that. That's training that's unprecedented. You only get this kind of stuff in the military.
1: Hi, this is Captain Adam Morton from the Canadian Army Podcast, and we're going to be talking about assault pioneers. If you've been on the internet in the past decade, you might see the meme of lumberjack commandos, big burly people ready to smash things. With me to explain us a little bit more about what that's about is Lieutenant Angus Newton from the Princess Louise Fusiliers, and he is a course officer on an Assault Pioneer course. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks so much for having me. First things first, tell us a little bit about your uh, your career and how do you got where you are today? Sure. So,
0: so I joined the reserves about 10 years ago out of high school as a way to get away, uh, get away from a dishwashing job that uh, my parents had, had made me uh, work at. and um, you know, since then, I kept it through university, helped pay for my uh, economics degree, and uh, I kept it while I worked in the financial sector in downtown uh, Halifax. And a couple of years ago, I, I took the commission uh, and um, I've been working a class B job at the local headquarters with 36 Brigade as I spearhead the uh, the pioneer movement
1: on the East Coast. And yeah, from the financial district to blowing things up. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's quite the uh, difference, isn't it? So I wouldn't be doing this right if I didn't address kind of the myth of the Assault Pioneer. That's something that's at least been around since as long as I've been in. And if you haven't seen it, there's this meme on the internet where you have like just these massive bearded guys sitting there looking really angry, clearly in, you know, uniforms in the 80s. And I think a lot of people associate that picture with what Pioneers are about. Tell us a little bit about what the role of Assault Pioneers is. Sure
0: yeah, and that, that uh, that's that's a picture that I've seen circulated often too it's It's pretty funny, but we are technical tradespeople who who provide the infantry with uh capabilities that formerly were exclusively held by the combat engineers, so some people call us light engineers, but um, so we have now taken back some of those skill sets and uh, we we apply them to the dismounted infantry context so so we're organic to the infantry. We're infantryers first, uh, but we provide these skill sets for greater mobility and counter mobility and, and, and to provide the commander with flexibility on the battlefields. So to summarize, we're like elite engineers and um, it's a new skill set and uh, one that, well, I should say relatively new, but we used to have it in the
1: 90s and uh, now we're bringing it back. Can you talk maybe a little bit to why it went away and why it's time to bring it back? You know, I can't really speak to why it
0: went away. Um, I'm sure there are, there are reasons, but uh, what I do know is that the Commander Canadian Army saw its value in, in bringing it to the reserves as well as the uh, regular force as a means to strengthen the Army reserves and, and bolster recruitment, and as well as to increase our operational capabilities and our ability to support the regular force overseas. And um, so far, it's been a success. And uh, hopefully at the conclusion of this this course that we're running, uh, we'll have a, a platoon plus of soldiers that
1: are, are eager to uh, support the regular
0: force overseas uh, on ongoing operations.
1: So from what I understand from what you explained so far, you know, if you consider your average infantry section or platoon, you've got, let, let's say, 45 or so soldiers. And within that that group you need certain capabilities and if you consider like for example the role of the medic uh, you'll have a medic attached there to provide medical assistance but sometimes one person isn't enough or there's no availability so maybe you have uh, at the section level you have uh, some tactical combat casualty care soldiers who have an extra level of medical training to support your medics and it would seem that the assault pioneers kind of also bridge that gap between having an actual engineer attached in and kind of engineering-ish assets included in your infantry platoon to get things done.
0: Yeah, you, you nailed it because um, the engineers, they do everything, and they're so overtasked as it is that, uh, you know, having the pioneers at the local level organic to the infantry battalion, it provides us the ability to to work in the close fight without relying on the engineers. So as infantryers, we're fixated on, you know, the close range fight, we're at the 300 to the 600 meter, so as pioneers, we can provide the commander with the flexibility to, say, breach a man-made or, or natural obstacle that we would have otherwise relied on the
1: engineers for. So can you break down maybe a little bit more what uh, your baseline Assault Pioneer training looks like and the individual skill sets that you work on? The basic Assault Pioneer course is a five-week course that uh, involves theory and practical
0: lessons on everything from hand tools to to the use of demolitions in the infantry. Uh, so it's a very encompassing course uh, with many different skill sets that the soldiers are expected to learn and master and uh, to be able to employ at the dismounted infantry uh, company context.
1: And what do the average training exercise look like as part of that process? Well,
0: the course, like I said, it involves um, a practical portion that sees us uh, employed in the field oftentimes in the wood line uh, you know chopping felling trees with chainsaws or using demolitions on the range to to breach um, concrete uh, targets or using uh, light breaching in the urban context so uh, blowing through doors um, but on exercise we can be used in a vast array of uh, contexts, in the defensive in the offensive like I said we we are used for to provide the commander with greater mobility and counter-mobility. Um, so wherever we are needed, we can go. Um, how do you hope this is going to affect uh, unit-level exercises? Uh, that is a good question because there's so much more we can do now. And there's so much, you know, the primary reserves for the longest time were primarily focused on basic infantry skills, which I'm not demeaning the importance of that. That is still our number one priority is our our IBTS uh, for infantry skills. But, What we can now do is we can plan more complicated, more inclusive exercises to, uh, say, perhaps involve a a patrol that sees members crossing a river via salt boats or breaching through an urban ops uh, village uh, using light explosives. And and, um, the list goes on and on. But it it definitely opens up our capabilities and the, the training that we can do. Right on. You know, what's your favorite part about this training? You know, it is really just so fun and it is a lot of hands-on skills. So it, as someone who comes from the financial sector, uh, who may not have had that much experience, you know, using a chainsaw, you know, and uh, taking apart a, a hydraulic breaker and, uh, you know, or using a 25 horsepower outboard motor, you can't beat that. You can, you know, that's, that's training that's unprecedented anywhere else. You only get this kind of stuff in the military. So all I can say is it's fun, it's challenging,
1: and um, it's rewarding. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Talk to me a little bit about rebuilding this capability. Like, uh, you know, as as you said, you're kind of doing the training and development for this at 36 Brigade. How are you rebuilding this capability? Like, what, what avenues have you been taking to try and get that, maybe open up those old books from, like, 10, 20 years ago, and what resources you've been tapping into to try and rebuild this program, and how is it different? So, yeah, firstly, we have relied uh, very
0: heavily on the engineers, obviously. Uh, They are the center of excellency for all of this training, uh, specifically demolitions. So they are the first people we go to whenever we have questions. And um, secondly to that is obviously the, the, the massive logistical... Uh, challenge of attaining all the equipment that is needed to conduct this level of training so that this course uh, requires like I said a whole uh, list of hydraulic equipment chainsaws oatboard mortars boats uh, shotgun the use of ballistic mechanical thermal breaching and uh, so it's been a logistical challenge it's and of course a um, the engineers have been there every step of the way with us, so we've relied heavily on 36 uh, CER and four ESR up in Gage Town, and uh, the Infantry School up there as well. They stood up a Pioneer cell who have been with us the entire way, and we really uh, lean on them for the answers.
1: Have you had to tap into any of the old assault pioneers from days past? Yeah, it's funny because I was on course
0: a couple months ago with a, a pioneer from the '90s and. It was just pretty interesting to hear his stories, uh, him coming from a tour in Bosnia. And um, he was actually employed uh, in the Pioneer Platoon. And we have gone back to the old publications, the old PAMs, and I say we, but I mean uh, the Infantry School and and CFSME. They've rewritten them to accommodate for, you know, the modern world that we live in and the changing uh, global situation. But a lot of it has stayed the same. Uh, Demolitions, um, it's as old as as war itself. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it, some of this stuff dates back to, uh, you know, the Second World War. And we take a lot of the lessons learned from uh, Bosnia and from Afghanistan. And I guess that's where we are now is, is still in, in the process of developing these TTPs and how it applies to the infantry and where the arcs are and um, uh, where the engineers and we fit in.
1: I have perhaps a slightly more controversial question, but we'll, we'll see where that goes. Talk to me about the integration into the regular force and how this capability is being used in a, in a regular force context. And I don't know if you're, you have any awareness on on where that's going in the future, but if you care to comment on it,
0: yeah, just uh, make sure you blurb out my name at the end of this. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, I, I I was on course with. Um, practically all regular force members on, on the assault pioneer commander course. And um, so th- they've stood up their own companies and uh, they're in the full swing of things. And uh, our goal is, is simply to augment them uh, as we would uh, during, you know, any operation or uh, training exercise. Uh, we're there to provide that extra 20%, you know, and um, that's our goal is to get to the level that uh, they feel comfortable in taking us. And that's why we're striving hard to train our guys as hard as possible and to the level that we feel is, is needed
1: to go overseas and uh, work with the regular force. But we're confident. So as you're developing this capability, that capability being developed and integrated into the regular force, and what role does the regular force have in developing Assault Pioneers as well? So the commander has given us an FOC date of
0: 2021. Ooh, Explain FOC. It's uh, full operational capability by 2021 is, is our goal. And and our goal is to be able to augment the, uh, the RAG Force battalions and to support their pioneer companies that they are now standing in the process of standing up. Uh, I know 22 Van Doos, they're on... Uh, deck next to uh to go overseas whether that's in iraq or uh, or latvia i'm not sure but um for do for example they're they're sending a section plus to them of their pioneers and and um we're looking forward to uh, providing the same support to our reg force battalion so our goal is to make sure that we have the requisite members trained
1: to the level that we feel comfortable sending overseas with uh with our reg force counterparts so do you have any good stories or experiences as you've been going through this whole process of developing uh, this capability from, I won't call it from scratch, but more, more or less from scratch. Yeah.
0: A lot of the groundwork ha- had already been done. And then luckily we, all we had to do was, uh, you know, go off the lessons learned of uh, of our counterparts engaged down and, and out West. So some fun stories. I mean, listen, there's nothing more fun than a demolitions range. And uh, I tell that to all the soldiers and, and they believe it as soon as they get out there and they they get to the handle explosives and to set them off. And you truly see the shock and and awe once uh, a manufactured shape charge goes off. And so it is such a fun skill set that you learn. And the skills are so applicable to your civilian life as well. Hand tools, you go through everything. So uh, for anybody who's who's looking to join, that's my first thing I, I talk about is, listen, there's this capability that they're bringing back and and they're bringing to the reserves as well and here's your chance. And I think I just, uh, I, I digressed completely off of what you, the question actually was. You asked, you asked for a good story and I, I didn't give you.
1: <laughs> you covered off like six other questions that I had on my list, so, so part, you, you hit all the... <laughs> yeah, 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 I didn't have
0: the answer you wanted, so I just I talked about something else entirely.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, it's all good. It's free form conversation. I think uh, I think that's all right. I think that's pretty good. I think we'll wrap up on that. Is there anything else you want to add? No, no. I I just thank you so much for reaching
0: out and uh, giving us this exposure. Uh, We're a small unit in Halifax, and um, we're always looking for uh, for new members to join the unit. People who are you know want to try something challenging, fun, rewarding. Work as a team, and um, so I again thank you for this. And it's nice to meet you. And Hope to get uh, to try this again because uh, this is such a new experience. And I guess podcast is the future now that uh, we're all stuck at home, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, true enough. Well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate you coming on as well. Yeah, Thanks so much. That was Lieutenant Angus Newton from the Princess Louise Fusiliers and the Assault Pioneer Course Officer. I want to take a quick sec to talk about a great event. It's awesome to check out uh, Canada army run this year. It's virtual. It's taking place in September. You can sign up at www.armyrun.ca and podcast listeners get to save $5 using the CAP promo code. That's Charlie alpha Papa. So check it out. It's a great time. Stay safe out there. Horton out.